Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Is Kendall dead? I mean, he can't be. I think he might be. Oh God. I feel like it would really work plot wise. It would feel very succession-y. If in the penultimate episode, Ken died, it's a drowning to sort of mirror the the drowning of that boy. Oh, God. And we're, we're obviously, we're not supposed to know, but I just think this cycle of him trying and, and this bravado and this manicness and... And then he falls and then he tries and, and we've sort of seen that cycle so many times. So you're you're saying we were all waiting for the final episode of the series, which is next week, but they might have done it to us in episode eight because they don't want to be formulaic. Exactly. And in much the same way that they weren't oh, going to give us God. a good Kendall perform a big Kendall performance at his 40th, because we sort of saw that in season two. You know, oh, it takes God. a second for someone to drown. But he's staying in a nice villa. What about the staff who are coming to replace he, the towels? Yes, but what if this is in the minute where they're not coming? You don't think it's one of those villas where you have to take your own towels? It doesn't seem the type. Oh, God. There's something about it, even though I don't want to think it that, that could make sense. For example, there's this New Yorker profile, which has been doing the rounds on social media right. today. If If you were his publicist or his manager... Wouldn't this be the exact right time then if that character had died to do the big in-depth profile? Oh, shit. Okay, I vote he's still alive. Based on? I think that the tone of the show is so it's USP. Am I using that right? Yes. That it, it's, it can't go as dark as Kendall dying and hold on to that. I'm going to counter that with... Oh, fun. We know from talking to Lorraine Kelly and Nish Kumar mm-hmm. that the ladies and gentlemen of the press were given preview episodes one mm-hmm. to seven, but not eight and nine. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that suggest that there's this big thing oh, in episodes eight and nine that they wanted shit. to keep back as a surprise? Yes. Listen, hope. Hope should spring eternal. Okay. You ready to give us a welcome? Hi! Thanks for coming. Come on in. Oh, you're obsessing about whether or not Kendall's dead. Just come inside and warm yourself by the fire of our chat. Yeah, welcome in for a a bit of fucking spice, a bit of fun, and a bit of truth. I like it. Brain dumps, do you want to start? Yes. A thing I very much enjoyed in this episode because it validated an opinion that I already have. 
So then I feel it's like Jesse Armstrong whispering in my ear being like, Sarah, we're the same. (laughs) Basically, an opinion I have long held is that if you shave your head for anything other than I'm a man who's like going very visibly, very bald, so let me make peace with this shit, it indicates a breakdown. I'm not saying next stop psych ward, but I'm saying you're not in a great place if you're shaving a head. Could be ringworm. Do we think Kendall has ringworm? No, I don't think so. No. Um, my first one, I really enjoyed seeing them in Italy. It was a thrill to hear a few of the characters speak Italian. Oh, who do you think did the best job? Caroline. Yeah, she was very solid. Uh, Shiv a little less confident and then Connor and Willow. Not great. Italy, pasta, and popes. But the thing that did make me uncomfortable was worrying about whether Shiv had sunscreen on or not. On those exposed shoulders. shoulders. I was thinking, I really hope that there there is not just sunscreen, but of a very high factor. Mm -hmm. I wish she was wearing a wide-brimmed hat. I know she did have a hat on, but I would have gone much wider with the brim. Maybe even sombrero-wide. Yep. Also, her her little sternum, her porcelain sternum all exposed. (laughs) Um... All right, I'm going to give you a scenario. I love a scenario. You can have the villa that Lucas Madsen is staying in. Yes. You can also have the boat that Roman rides in to get there. Oh, I love those boats. They're called Reva. The, the manufacturer is called Reva. I think they look so nice. The dark wood. Yes. Aren't they everything a PJ isn't? Yes. Mm-hmm. A thing I know about you, to be true, is you love driving a boat i do not sailing i don't want to be no, messing no, no, around no, no, with ropes but you want to be in a boat rigging. exactly like that driving mm. it yeah i do okay so you get that you get that boat you get that house sort of you're living your life but you also have roman's ricotta dick i think i could make that work what about me i'm 50 in 18 months Things are going to decline sooner or later. You have no fight in you when it comes to aging. Is something I've noticed. I'm embracing it. I'm not embracing it. I'm just letting it. Yeah, you're just like letting it. Yeah, me. you're letting it steamroll. You'd be like, I guess I'm just old now, and it's like, thanks, but that is my husband. Since you characteristically have uh, brought us onto the subject of penises, when Logan receives the dick pic and needs five minutes in another room and gets Shiv in there with him, is that for the purposes of identifying her brother's penis? Yes, I think it is. Would you be able to identify your brother's penis in a lineup? <laughs> no. What if it's just two penises? Both Caucasian? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet I could. Okay, three. Oh. Yeah. Four. That maybe that's my break. <laughs> I've told you before that I've asked my sister-in-law how big my brother's penis is. Really? It like feels like something a person should know. I, I'm not sure that a lot of people would agree with you on that. Okay. My last one, and this is an issue that I took with this show. Colin. Your man. My man. Logan's body man. He let Logan down. And you know why, of course. You talk about the moment when Kendall goes to invite him for that lovely dinner. Exactly. Roman has like, to step in. Because Colin is is somehow not there to do that. You don't think he might have been distracted by a canapé? I don't see that for him. I bet the canapés at that were delicious. I bet they were. Oh, I bet they were I bet they wonderful. Were. As was that sad mozzarella that we'll get to later. That was the saddest use of mozzarella I ever have seen or hope ever to see. And my last thing is Kendall related. But does any part of you want him to be dead because of how bold a choice it will be for the show? I don't need grief at this time of year. No, you don't. I've dealt, dealt with a lot this year. I don't need you have. Kendall as well. Um, during that sad mozzarella dinner. Yes. When Kendall is discussing what a potential... 
I don't know what you would call it, a, a divorce from the family would look like. He, he, he sets out the terms of that, and we hear about the two bill, but he also would like custody of Jess, which I, I get, and Fikret. Now, I thought to myself, who's Fikret? I've not heard that name mentioned before. He's his driver. Oh. When Kendall's pumping himself up in that first episode, listening to his hip-hop and his driver's saying, sure. you the man, Mr. Roy. That's who Kendall wants custody of. Because he doesn't have he doesn't have his siblings. He has no friends. He has uh, oh Naomi is gone, right? I, th- I, th- I, I, think, I think if so. she was I still on so. the scene, she'd be as his date at this wedding. So he's incapable of having a relationship. She's gone. His mom chooses her ex husband over him. Like he has no one. Not even his little babies. Oh, I just hope he's still alive for Fikret's sake. All right. I think this episode is is kind of two weddings and I hope no funeral mm. in as much as it's, it's the literal wedding of Lady Caroline and Onions. Mm-hmm. It's the potential wedding in the form of a merger of Waystar Royco and Gojo and, uh, and, and hopefully not Kendall's funeral. So with, with the weddings in mind, I thought we, we could approach this by pairing up characters if they were couples. Many of them are, in fact, couples. And in terms of a pairing, I was just delighted to see the names at the beginning written by Jesse Armstrong and directed by Mark Mylod, which is strange because every week it's excellent and they've got this incredible pool of writers and directors. And yet when I saw those two, I thought, oh, here we go, here we go, we're in for something. And I was right. I mean, it was... It It was... was, I I wonder if it was the densest episode we've seen in terms of stuff happening. Yeah. It was just unbelievable. I'm very worried that he's dead, Jeff. I, I can see us at a funeral next week. I hope you're not right, but you keep saying the stuff which makes a, a lot of sense. We, we of course, would love to know what you think on this and any other thoughts you've got as we head towards that series finale. The email address. Do you want to finish your food? Swallow? I'm eating. It doesn't matter. I'm Pe- people enjoy this. People are waiting for this. They don't want to hear it with a mouthful of coleslaw. It's coleslaw that I'm dipping into a hummus. You're a real innovator. A lot of people wouldn't use coleslaw as a dip. Fuck off at firecrotchandnormcore.com. Also, as we head towards the finale, we should remind you that our live show is on Sunday. We're going to be joined by Rebecca Taylor, a.k.a. Self-Esteem. Papa Principessa Italy. I think you, you're, you're, you're more like Willa than you are Lady Caroline. And... Yeah, that might be right. Um, I've been so nervous that she's going to cancel. Not in a shitty way, and like a, something big will come up for her, and she'll be like, nah, not happening. So I've emailed, being like, we're just checking in, we're still, da, 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 and it seems that it's going to happen. And so you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it because if you're feeling anything like we're feeling, by the time Sunday comes around, it's all you're going to be thinking about. You want to be in a room full of like-minded individuals. This is the thing. And also, come on your own. I would like to really encourage anyone who's been enjoying Succession on their own, come celebrate it with us 4 p.m. this Sunday at 21 Soho. And we should also mention that on this episode of this podcast, we have a guest who we're both thrilled to have joining us. I think I have a little crush on him. I think you have a big crush you on him. You think I have a big crush on him? Yeah, I feel slightly bad talking about him in those terms because I think if you're the sort of person who does get objectified, and he is undoubtedly one of those people, it probably gets a bit exhausting. Whereas I've never been objectified in my life and I'd like to know what it feels oh like. Oh my God. The, the thing is, is he's very well regarded for his big brains. Maybe if you're objectified in no small part for your big brain, then you'd kind of enjoy it. We're talking to Scroobius Pip. That's who it is. Yeah. Came to prominence as uh, as a music artist. Then he thought, 
I'll I'll try my hand at podcasting. He did and became massive. Now he's acting. Things are going great for him. And I'm sure that is a trajectory that will only continue until he decides he wants to be an ice skater. Right. He's someone who doesn't fail. Yes. And he's he's so great to talk to. And he's got an encyclopedic knowledge of film and television. Yes. So hopefully you'll really enjoy that conversation. Scroobius Pip is our guest later. I'm blushing already. Oh well, well let's let's get into it. There's so much to get into. It's it's insane when you just start thinking back about everything that happened. There just wasn't a sentence that wasn't simultaneously moving the plot forward and giving you unbelievably good insight into who each character was. And what a setting. Oy, oy, oy. I did a little digging. Go on. By which I mean Googling. Sure. By which I mean the first page of Google results. Great. The main location for the wedding appears to be somewhere called Villa Cetinale, which is near Siena. A very effortless pronunciation. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. British people doing like romance languages that is just really something. I think you perhaps overestimate the way in which American people hit other languages. That might be true. But, um, that's near Siena, and you can rent that okay. for $54,000 a week. Wow. And then Lucas Matson's place, which I think in the show is supposed to be on Lake Geneva, right? but in real life is also in Italy on Lake Como. That's called Villa La Casinella. That is $100,000 a week. Oh, my God. Remember our, our rented holiday home experience? Well, we've had many. Remember the one where you found the woman's vibrator in her sheets? I didn't go snooping. It was just there in the bed. It was just there. And so you handled it delicately. And then she was so apologetic. She was far more reasonable than the gentleman we once rented a house off who I got into an argument with about removing a dead raccoon (laughs) from the swimming pool. He was an absolute fucking lunatic. To the wedding then. And always a treat to get to spend time with Lady Caroline. What an actor. She's such a well-drawn character. She is such a certain type of very posh Englishwoman. To me, she just sort of seems like a rich lady. It's old money. It's a certain type of poshness. So there's all these little things about her. For example, when the kids go to her house in the last series, there's something a bit shabby. You could imagine mice running around in that house. And that's a certain type of poshness. There's the food that she serves up, which sounds like roadkill. There's, There's something about that top of the pyramid, the higher echelons of the British class system. These people have been up there for so long, there is no need to prove in any way mm. who they are or what they have. She's that person. But that that Onions is not that person, and we know it from those bright trousers he's wearing. Yes, yes. Because oh, I hate them. But again, I think they're like a, a class signifier because that is a type of upper middle class guy who wants to make the jump. And just all the snobbishness that was coming from mm. her. I mean, she, she's obviously enthralled by him, but at the same time, the stuff about him being a, a, a scholarship boy... A graspy little scholarship boy. Yes, meaning he went to some kind of top private school but didn't pay full fees to get there. And then what was there was some line that I about he makes his own furniture. No, 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 no. He, he bought his. He bought. I'm sure he bought all his own furniture. Meaning 
that he didn't inherit these pieces that have been passed oh. down from generation to generation. So you're like a little like low class. Yeah, and that his dad is a doctor, which to an American. But that's an inter- a very interesting detail that I learned once I moved over here because in the States, there's real like a doctor or a lawyer, a doctor or a lawyer. And those two things don't coexist, <clears throat> excuse me, in the same way over here. Lawyer may be a bit more so. And doctors are... Doctors are very well respected, right? But Yeah, it's, and, it's and well not, paid um, compared to, say, a teacher. Yes, but it's not the idea of a rich doctor is, abs- is sort of non-existent here. Not in the same way. Right. But like when, when until I was about 24, 25, the, the, the poshest person who came into my orbit was somebody whose dad was a doctor. So it's a good job. But to posh people who live in castles, right? it's something to look down on. You're such a simple boy. <laughs> Timing on that was off, but you get it. <laughs> He is kind of awful onions as well. I just, I loved Roman's facial expression. There's like a moment where they have sort of a little bit of a, of a sexy flirt between them. And what Roman's face does is like more repelled (laughs) than when he finds out that his dad has seen a picture of his dick. (laughs) Here's something I wondered about. Given the type of posh woman that Lady Caroline is, I wondered if maybe there was something a bit nouveau riche about a destination wedding in Tuscany for her. Oh, I hate destination weddings. I promise you, if you're considering a destination wedding, the majority of your guests by far think you're an asshole. It's saying, spend your money to celebrate me on a vacation I've designed with my friends. You're you're saying that maybe... People might want to use their money and their and, time and annual leave in a way that doesn't involve making small talk with somebody's uncle on a sun lounger. Yes. Well, this, I think, moves us along onto Shiv and Tom because I think a lot of what we see between them is prompted by what we see between Shiv and her mum in this episode. It was so intense. And I thought one of the most intense parts of it was when Shiv goes, I was 10. And her mom goes, you were 13. It's the whole thing in in micro, isn't it? I just think we're all our parents' faults. Shiv is, is in a lot of ways this total fuck up. And there's no way around the fact that that is all Caroline's fault. But also, I do think being 10 and being 13 are very different ages. So it sort of shows the way they're both doing something wrong in that exchange. There was something in when Caroline says, I I don't think I've ever won a battle in my life. That was something we see a lot in this show. That it's not that people don't know when they're the bad guy. It's that they don't even consider the possibility that they might be. Everyone always thinks they're fighting the good fight. One more thing about Caroline that I want to say. She won my heart with her little cutting aside about um, the interior designers. They don't work or whatever that line was. She was like, they're interior designers. But oh, they about his make... daughters, Onion's yes, daughters. Yes, about daughters. It's not that I don't think interior design is a real job because I do. But what I'm also saying, and I've done a little count in my head, I know four interior designers. One is serious with a very serious business. The other three people... 
have extremely rich parents. And when I hear them talking about their interior design business, I'm just sat there going, show me your tax returns. Like, <laughs> like, I'm not saying you don't have the occasional meeting or that a random person hasn't hired you to do shit. I'm saying, show me your tax returns and let me see how much your business, your profession as an interior designer, oh, just happen to have really wealthy parents, how much, are, how much of your lifestyle is facilitated by your own interior design business? I'd like to know. And it's this conversation with her mom that prompts Shiv to go back to Tom yes. and, and tell him that she wants a baby. This then facilitates this sort of lustful go at Tom. What did you make of the dirty talk? I think it was about the thrill of saying the unsayable. Right. It was very truthful. And honesty even if it's fucking brutal, it is also intimacy. Then how does that translate to being erotic? I have to say I'm not really a dirty talk person. But I don't think of you as like mute either. No. I had a friend once who um, went with a guy who was completely mute. Went with a guy? <laughs> well, I'm not what like is you. this, 1950s? Are we in the film <laughs> Bye Bye Birdie? Okay, she made love to a guy. Ew. She was having sex with someone who... Was completely mute. During the mm. act. And then at the, at the moment of, let out a little, almost a whimper. Oh, yeah. I fucked a guy in 2002 who okay. would laugh when he came. Sort of jolly and very disorienting all at the same time. I don't know if this Shiv and Tom brutal honesty is an energy you want. I don't know if jolly is an energy you want either. No, I don't think you want a jolly fuck, do you? <laughs> Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> anyway, the point is, is that there was something truthful in it. They were saying some real shit when they often don't. What about the next day? Did we learn any new information about their relationship? I don't think we learned anything, but we saw a change, which I think was Shiv finding a way to vocalize brutal emotional truths and then gaslight Tom. By oh, telling him that was that masterful by bringing it up, he is himself being manipulative. That's always a good move. I think it, it was interesting to get this sort of window into where she stands on motherhood. The, the line that she has where she's like, and embryos have a better success rate than eggs. Sorry to say this, but that is the thought of a single woman. Those are conversations I have with my friends who are of a certain age who are going, oh, I've got to commit to the idea that I might have a baby with a man that I'm not involved with. For that thought to be a thing entering the picture, it made me think that that she is more able to leave him than I originally thought she was. I wanted to say to you that I would want you to have my babies if I died. Really? Yeah. Would you not do that? I feel like I've got one made from those ingredients and wonder if it's worth another roll of the genetic dice. Good luck. Just one more thing while we're on Shiv and Tom. Uh-huh. How much did the fire in her belly that was ignited by Caroline factor into the Shiv we see at the end of the episode? The beginning of the episode, we see a woman who's given up. There's this very relevant comment that Caroline makes about, you know, Logan likes to, he kicks what he loves. That's the only way he knows how to express love is to kick somebody to see if it comes back. That lights the fire under her ass. Yes, I think without that scene, Shiv isn't ready to go the way she goes in the last scene we see her in. Which we will come on to in a little while. Now, amongst the high drama mm -hmm. of this episode, it's easy to forget there was a beautiful romantic moment. And I am, of course, talking about Connor's proposal to Willa. Oh, my God. Again, 
Jesse Armstrong climbing into my head, proving that all my opinions are right. And by this, I mean only lunatics propose in public. Normal people don't do that shit. Here's, here's what I think sometimes it is. People feel a pressure to make a big splash yes. with a proposal. Yes. Yes. They don't know what they're doing. They've yes. heard of public proposals. Yes. I think that's right. But you know what? I like creativity. My brother, and he was very young at the time, he was about 19, his first girlfriend, he was absolutely besotted with and he decided he was going to propose to her. She was working in a supermarket in a quick save as a shelf stacker at the time. He he hired a gorilla costume and made a bunch of signs, you know, Love Actually style signs, and he, he drove there and in he walks dressed as a big monkey and the signs say things like take me to joanne oh gosh she's up ladders stacking some tins of soup and he gets there goes down on one knee holds up the sign saying joanne will you marry me she says yes Uh uh-huh it's a lovely moment well lovely moment only what he hasn't done is timed this proposal to coincide with the end of her work day or oh with her lunch break. So once she said yes, he doesn't get to carry her out like officer and a gentleman. He just has to pick up his pieces of cardboard oh. and then go back outside and sit in his car. And, well, this is and the, you know, and it was first relationship, so of course they didn't ni- get married. He's and, 19 yeah. years old, but yeah. it's sort of part of the point. Is It's just, a, I think you're right. I think it's someone going, oh, proposals are supposed to be a big thing. Connor's proposal, a detail I loved about it, is it appears to have been prompted by his friend Maxim, uh, who's one of the Pierces. Oh, yes. And it, it appears to be some kind of preemptive strike to stop Politico from revealing that Willa was a sex worker. Uh-huh. Th- that's where he's coming from. But at the same time, I do think he gets a bit kind of carried away with it. Make me the happiest man slash most bulletproof candidate. <laughs> and then what's funny is the next day, and I thought, you know, I thought she really, um, Justine Loop is the actor's name, and I thought she did such a fine, fine job that morning after when he's sort of nudging her on it. And then he sort of, he's like, well, it's not the most romantic thing to keep thinking. All right. What time is it? Dinner time. It is dinner time. We should talk about Logan and Kendall's sit down. Did anybody else feel anxious because this top Italian chef had prepared this meal and then it just sat there on the table no. going cold. The I didn't feel that. I was too engrossed in the pain. Oh, Although God. that being said, I did notice those fine artichokes that were on the side of the table. Oh, My brother always says that an artichoke is a quite underwhelming vegetable. He sells sandwiches off a van, so he should know. I don't, I don't know about you, but just them arriving at this dinner. It's a big cliche to say that succession feels Shakespearean, but it really did the torch-lit medieval castle vibe that this villa had as Logan arrives and sits down at that table. And what did you make of the switching of the plates? So what I thought that was, is it like, like to do with salt or something, like Logan can't have too much salt because of the heart stuff. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. It was planting something in our head so that that moment with the sad Mots, the oh, sad Mots of Rel and Iverson felt even more loaded for us as a viewer. Do you think Logan seriously thought that Kendall might have done something to his food? I'd say he thought there was a 5% chance. What I was thinking about in that scene was I was like, Kendall's actually in a different place than we've ever seen him. Like, what's been so interesting about succession as a whole is that we sort of see Kendall go on the same journey over 
and over. You know, it's like that line Tom says is we're like, you get fucked a lot. Mm. We watch Kendall get fucked, delusion of grandeur, get fucked, delusion of grandeur, you know, on and on and on. And there was something new about this. I think it was really foolish of Kendall to think by delivering some home truths about Logan being quote-unquote evil Mm -hmm. and the damage he has done to society that he could land a punch on his dad. Because if you're Logan Roy, people have been saying that to you for decades and you've got your response. He is as not vulnerable as Ken is vulnerable. It, It just seems really naive of Kendall to think that this would have any cut through with Logan. Because think, I mean, this this is what his brother has been saying to him for years. It's the same thing that Ewan says yeah. to him all the time. Countless people have, have said this stuff to Logan. He doesn't care. It's this thing of his son acting superior to him. Well, th- this this is the thing, isn't it? So, so when Logan turns that back round on Kendall, mm-hmm. when he becomes enraged, Kendall's completely defenceless. Mm-hmm. When he has the death of that boy thrown in his face. Because had he worried less about himself, he could have possibly saved that kid's life. And that's what Logan smells on him then when he starts talking through the minute yeah, by minute. Yeah, you left someone to die to, to, to protect this. And this is the thing that's sort of interesting is it's like Ken is the better man, like low standards, but he is sort of the better man. We know about the cruise division. And then that's without thinking about the the effect that Logan's empire has had on society in different countries. Logan has been responsible for lives ruined and many deaths, probably, whereas Kendall has has been responsible for one, one. death. It's, it's a funny way of looking at things. But Kendall right. is a better person than Logan by those measures. Yes. Um, who do you think is the better dad, Logan? Logan or Ken? Kendall is a terrible dad, mm-hmm. but he isn't cruel. That's true, isn't it? And he feels bad about the kind of dad he is. Yes. Whereas Logan doesn't feel remorse. And and that's true as well in terms of the who's the better person. Kendall is, it eats away at him what happened the night of Shiv's wedding. Mm-hmm. It doesn't eat away at Logan what happened in his cruise division or all the other stuff that he's been responsible for. I just love Logan. <laughs> he's very charismatic. You know, early in the episode, before we go to Italy. How's your dad? That, yeah, <laughs> yeah, with Sandy's daughter, young Sandy. Ro- uh, Logan just wants a quick word. Do you enjoy Logan interacting with onions? Oh my God. I love watching a serious person and a not serious person. A serious person and a fuckhead. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I love to watch those two interact. And speaking of fuckheads, there's this other potential marriage between Waystar Royko and Gojo. So let's talk about Roman visiting Lucas Matson. First of all, just that moment where he's like trying to literally find his footing off the Riva ship and onto... The property. Splendid. And then then that sort of stream of consciousness. When Roman arrives and Matt Son's talking about failure and he's talking about his emotions and he gets too into people and all that. So what Roman does is cuts to the chase and finds out what Matt Son wants. Mm-hmm. And what Matt Son wants is a merger of equals, is yes. how he would see it. He's just being Swedish. Yeah. Although, I'll tell you what didn't work for me. Go on. That a Swedish person would not have a strong opinion on what the best mattresses in the world are. 
Why? Because there are these Swedish mattresses called Hestons that they have in palaces, five-star hotels. Maybe he wouldn't have one because they're stuffed full of horse hair because Heston means the horse. Oh. If you went to the Upper East Side of New York, if you went to if you're in Mayfair China, in London, you're, yeah, China. if you're a Chinese billionaire, there's, there's going to be some shop selling these really? mattresses. Yeah. I mean, it's weird that I know about them. Well, no, it's typical that you know about them. You, li- you like investigating the finer things. Maybe I would be like Matson if I uh, accidentally became a billionaire. He's so strange. So strange. He, I, what I liked really about this episode, um, which Skarsgård is this one? Alexander. The real strangeness of Lucas was on display and I, I thought he played it to the hilt. And Roman had to snap him out of it. Yeah, and he did it beautifully because he's good at that shit. This is the thing. It's like shaking up the can of pop so that when Roman fucks it by sending the dick pic to the wrong person, up until that moment, we have seen him, I think, just excelling. Which I guess brings us on to Roman and Jerry. I need to say something. Go on. We as viewers and us on this podcast have been desperate Roman and Jerry to get together. We've yeah. been playing into the whole will they, won't they thing. Oh, give us more Roman and Jerry moments. And this week, I found myself watching it and thinking, oh, have we been watching the son of her billionaire boss sexually harass her? Yes, this this weird thing happened, but maybe... That was this strange one-off thing that she's come to regret. And have we been watching Roman harass her week in, week out and been supportive of that? I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but just to be, I'm being honest in my interpretation. I felt like she has truly mixed feelings. She hates it because she's a smart businesswoman, but it's like still a little bit hot. But there has been a cooling from her. There has been a cooling from her, but I've interpreted that to be just about she's de facto CEO. She needs to focus. What do you think her truest feelings are on Lori? I think she probably thinks he's a nice companion for her. Yeah. Have you ever sent a dick pic? You've never sent me one. No. I find dicks, and I'm a heterosexual woman, but I find dicks repulsive. Like, it's just a big dick looking at you. An out-of-context D? I, I don't know that I'd be comfortable taking a picture of it, but would would you like me to sketch mine for you? <laughs> Maybe in charcoals? Draw it like one of your French girls? Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> mind if you sketched me a photo of your dick. I've never heard a woman go, oh, that, that kind of veiny oh, bit. Oh, it's so veiny. <laughs> oh, the part where it looks like a little bit purple and like it's a drowning worm. Oh. Oh, let me look. Oh, let me look at those balls we don't like to generalize maybe but maybe maybe we'll hear from a young person then yeah that's listen i think i want to hear from a woman who's like no i love looking at a dick and having sown the seeds of dick pics Mm -hmm. early in the episode well chekhov's gun (laughs) chekhov's dick pic chekhov's dick pic what is interesting to me about the dick pic someone's dick has been on succession whose dick was that and calvin klein underpanties nope i don't buy it I don't think Roman is wearing Calvin Klein. What underpanties do you think Roman is wearing? I don't know because I don't know what the super rich wear, but I don't think it's Calvin Klein. Ah. Like, I feel like your brother would wear Calvin Klein's. Or Marty McFly. Yeah, or Marty McFly or something. I don't know. But anyway, the point is, is how did Succession get a dick pic? And like, does the person whose dick got to be on Succession 
know that his dick was on succession. Okay, let, let's throw it back a little bit here. Until that point where Roman sends... He's killing it, man. You know, it was all going so well. The one little thing, the little niggle that I didn't quite buy. Yeah. Jerry texts him, good job, or whatever it is. She's, you did well, Roman. Mm. So he then, that gets him a little hard, and he's like, oh, I'm going to forward a dick pic to her. Yeah. As that is happening, there's just the quickest flashes of a text from Logan that says, good job, son. And it's been such a thing in this show that Logan praises Roman quite verbally in front of Shiv. It didn't fully ring true to me that that Logan would text, good job, son. Banker's in the room. We've only ever seen him do that praising in front of the inner sanctum. Oh, okay. I like that. Okay, good. I'll take that. I don't quite understand what happened with the texts, but I'm, I'm sure by, that by now, if we were to Google it... There'd be a deep Reddit thread on yeah. how, like, the text or how, how that all works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think Shiv, seeing her opportunity, after having been taunted so much by Roman in the last couple of episodes... Wide open goal. I mean, it's not a wide open goal because she can't kick, but, but yeah. yeah. And I thought the scene between Jerry and Shiv was about as unlikable as we've ever seen Shiv. Yes. And watching her sort of throw Roman under the bus, that was fine. But watching her sort of try and manipulate this woman who is ultimately so far above her in terms of skill set and intelligence was delightfully excruciating. And to me, it was really obvious that Jerry being legal counsel wasn't going to say anything that in any way incriminated herself. But but Shiv just seemed to be enjoying making her squirm. She doesn't understand when people are above her. She just doesn't get it. And then Logan's disgust at the idea that his son, not not that he might be um, a pervert, but that he could possibly find a, an older woman but, attractive. Well, yes. I almost feel like that's so fucked we just have to set it to the side because it's the part of him that thinks it's fine for him to fuck a woman 50 years younger than he is, but it wouldn't be okay for his son to fuck a woman 30 years older than he is, is very Logan being Logan. The issue wasn't so much that he'd sent a dick pic, Roman. It was that there was something going on that Logan didn't know about. You know, that as Logan processes that, he's thinking about that call he got from Roman in the Balkans on the plane in the first episode of the series where um, Roman is saying, "Maybe, maybe it's not me, but why not Jerry? He'll be thinking, oh, those fuckers have been plotting. Yeah, yep. Like some kind of betrayal and disgusting. And if all of that wasn't high drama... Oh my god. I mean, none of us are even that worried about Ken. What we're (sighs) really thinking about is how things are going to go between Greg Sprinkles and (laughs) the brand ambassador of the fermented yogurt. The Contessa. The Contessa. If the issue with Comfrey is that she's somehow not going to be like formidable enough of a woman for Greg... Then how is the brand ambassador of a fucking yogurt going to be as intellectual equal? And then there's one thing that we haven't addressed with the Kendall situation. I don't know what it is. What is it? If you're wrong. And he's alive. And he's alive. Which I want to be very clear. I think he's probably alive. He is going to have a weird tan mark on his back from where those sunglasses (laughs) were sitting. (laughs) How did he even get them there? He does a lot of yoga and he can reach back like that. Okay, okay. You just know that Jeremy Strong has put a lot of thought. He does a lot of Pilates. Like, (laughs) 
And he does the kind of Pilates where you're like working on this machine with one-on-one with an instructor. Yeah. He can scratch any spot on his own back as a result of his one-on-one Pilates sessions. I know this probably isn't the aspect of this that most people are talking about, but it strikes me that even the billionaire class, there's no such thing as an aesthetically pleasing lilo. It was okay. You're right. It wasn't, I didn't go, oh, right, look what you can get in that department if you're a billionaire. It, it looks like the kind of thing you would have bought off a man walking up and down a beach selling inflatable things and beads. Beads. Well, we've all been through it with that episode and we'd love to hear from you. Inundate us. Yeah, Inundate yeah we us, want to be please. inundated. The email address. Fuck off at firecrotchandnormcore.com. And coming up next, we are joined by... The genius polymath that is Scroobius Pip. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Rubius Pip, hello. Hello, how's it going, guys? Thanks for coming. We're so pleased that you're here because we, we both saw you talking about succession yeah. on social media and we both thought, do we dare to dream? We, we dare, dared we to, dare dream. to dream. <laughs> and, uh, and here you are. Now, I mean, you, you are a, you, you're a big consumer of film, television. How does succession slot into this? And I'm just talking basic logistics here, Pip. Uh, are you watching it when it goes out live? Are you the sort of person who is up at 2am on a Monday into uh, Sunday into Monday? I'm, I'm, I'm not watching it live, but I am watching week of. I had to make a decision on that on this series because the first two series I binged over three days when I was really ill. And I remember watching it all from my bed and just being absolutely blown away, but also being in a bit of a fever and a haze and thinking, this is really good, isn't it? I'm not just, this isn't just <laughs> heightened by my, my my feeling and experience. Do you live alone? I do live alone. Um, I've got a partner, and, um, but we live separately. Are they a succession obsessive as well? No, it's, <gasps> it's not one of our shared shows. Oh, interesting. Oh, what does that make you feel for the future of the relationship? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a, a weirdo who, who enjoys 
having my little things that I can watch on my own in oh silence. Some shows, it can be too much of a risk. If, if, if they're not giving it the attention you'd want or things like that. It's like there's some shows that I'm like, I'd rather it's just mine and we don't have an issue with it. If you're watching Succession then on your own, do you not, because to me it's such a, one of the reasons we wanted to do this podcast is it feels such like a show where you're like, oh my God, did you notice this? What about this line? What about that performance? Who is on the receiving end of those obsessions within you having watched an episode? I've, I've got a few different people. A friend okay. of mine... Natasha Fox, who's, who's sung on my Distraction Pieces album, actually, is a big Succession fan. My br- ah. my brother is. My dad is, but my dad was holding off. He started yes. l- last night, so I got some excited messages. Um, <laughs> but uh, as an example, in in my notes, Greg is the master of lines that you kind of, he throws them oh, away and you might God. not pick them up. And he had a line when he was talking to Tom that just said, I'm worried about... Pr- pr- prison i just feel that because of, of my physical <laughs> length i could be a target for all kinds of misadventure and it just i was like because it was so thrown away and it didn't get any reaction oh, I was, it was God. one that i rewound and wrote it down because i'm like i'm not going to remember this word for word but i need to talk about it with someone you can feel with characters you can feel the writers over time they think oh it's really funny if we introduce this element into so so maybe they put kind of like an oldie worldy old timey phrase into greg's mouth and yeah. it just sounds right so from then on every now and again greg will use these anachronisms oh. i completely agree his and again i feel all of that stuff had l- led up to greg's f- f- flirting in this birthday party episode where he goes into oldie weldy kind of a very um, even-handed maiden (laughs) yeah yeah and it was just like and he just persists with it and it's getting no reaction it's not like the first bit got a a reaction and again the beauty of him persisting after she's walked away because he needs to finish his character (laughs) oh god bless I, I was both looking through your episodes and, and trying to think about this this morning. And I was thinking, it's amazing to me that on distraction pieces, you haven't had any succession people. Not anyone. Because that, N- that's very n- much... Not like, anyone attached either. Have you got a wish list? I'd, I'd literally take any of them. Is there anyone in particular that you find yourself rooting for? I guess it varies. I guess that there's been points of rooting for Tom. There's even, I mean... I know I just referenced it, but but this week's birthday party episode oh, got me with Kendall. Um, oh my god! Because I, I I'm someone who's who's not a fan of birthday parties. I don't really c- celebrate too much anymore because parties in general, th- there's that outrageous p- pressure, and it was weird to be relating to um, a billionaire. <laughs> brat who's who's just making awful choices but relating to those moments where it's not working and it's not quite delivering and in reality it could never have delivered of course it couldn't i wanted to ask you a little bit about some of the acting in succession so this uh the, the style of method acting is this thing everyone's talking about now because jeremy strong very famously deploys it in his role of Kendall. Yeah. I was wondering, like, is that, um, as you are now taking the acting side of yourself more seriously, and that's where so much energy is going, is, do you have that method, do you have that method to you, or are you just sort of a show up and turn it on kind of guy? It's a bit of both. Um, I think there's so many examples of amazing 
performances from method actors there's also so many examples of absolutely hellish workplaces because of method actors right if you know what i mean so the people i've worked with and i've been lucky to get a lot of advice of off tom hardy off stephen graham and people like that is to kind of put in all the work but find your ways to turn it on when you need to turn it on but who am i to say like the performance as kendall is just next level isn't it surely it's gonna clean up at awards just the moment where he was in the little room at the tv show numerous bits at the birthday party it's just can i ask also just what um what prompted your transition from um music to sort of deciding to put acting was that was that a very conscious choice you made was it something that started to happen organically and you no, went it was this is right this yeah is right. it was really conscious and it's something i tend to do when when i was working in a record store i decided to quit and spend a year trying out music and if it worked i'd do music and Almost a year to the day, Thou Shalt Always Kill came out and was in the charts. So it was like, all right, I'm doing this now. And I did similar with acting. I decided to put a year aside and try and, and pursue it. And then the first gig I got was a Guy Ritchie film. And it all kind of snowballed from there. And I realised I didn't miss music or touring or any of that at wow. all and I've not I've not looked back since <laughs> well but now I'm going to force you to very very slightly but I just have one one sort of music question for you I was Go wondering ahead. when you when you think about Succession's relationship to hip hop mm-hmm. do you feel like it's using hip hop as a punchline in any way or do you feel like what it's using as a punchline is a certain type of person's Kendall's relationship to hip-hop hip-hop has made itself the punchline in succession Mm. um uh, hip-hop got huge because of white people in the suburbs um enjoying it and getting into it so you can't now go back on that and deny that part of of hip-hop so again it's it's all all fair game and i mean while we're speaking of music everything it does in relation to hip hop is is allowed because of that theme tune it's the best theme tune ever oh it bangs so hard and genuinely i did a, a a tweet about it saying it's the best and someone re- replied saying every time it starts my arm goes up in the air and i'm exactly <laughs> the same it generally does and again as you know i'm watching on my own so there's a certain <laughs> level of freedom here arm does and my head bops and my shoulders go but it always manages to catch me off guard even though as i said i think the theme tune is amazing because they have the recap and then they have a little scene and because it's all as i said it's all, all so well written it kind of i for a brief moment forget the music's about to start and then it drops and i'm so happy every time um kendall maybe a bit less so now but certainly early in the series felt like he was about a week away from starting his own podcast yeah, yeah. If he had done so, as somebody with a lot of experience in this area, do you think it would have been a very earnest, uh, here he is proving how, uh, quote-unquote, woke he is, and he's going to give platforms to women and have very earnest conversations, albeit completely wrong-headedly? Or do you think it would have been him talking to celebrities about their sneakers? It would have been celebrities and sneakers and being fun and wacky and, and look how cool and wonderful I am but I would have 100% hit up 
the creators to try and get Kendall on on the podcast. So what about uh, Connor's podcast then on Napoleonic history? Would you sign that to the Distraction Pieces Network? I probably I wouldn't. No, he's again. He's an, an, another character who's just so at odds with everything else in the show, but sits perfectly. So you uh, you don't strike me, Pip, as an aspiring billionaire necessarily. But this being acknowledged, are there certain aspects of the lifestyle of the super rich that, despite yourself? You do find a little bit alluring. Is there like a 7,000 pound jacket that you're like, all right, yeah, fuck, if I had this amount of money, I'd go for that. You know what? There's not a lot, but me and my brother once, long before the pandemic, were killing time in Leicester Square and we went in M&M World. (laughs) And in M&M World, they have a leveraged M&M jacket that I think is about seven grand that we were always like, if I ever got rich, I'd buy that just as a joke to make to my brother kind of thing, right. just if I had that disposable income. But that, I've seen that jacket. It reminds me of, do you remember there was a, a, a British art piece some years ago called something along the lines of Charles Saatchi will buy this for £25,000. Yeah. I think that, that jacket is just a very elaborate joke on rich people. And genuinely, it's not far off the jacket that Kendall was wearing. No, I know. Birthday party. No, I think it hadn't made that connection at all, but it's a very similar style. It was blue, (laughs) browns, yeah. But it's a weird one. I'm thinking about this more and more recently, and... Like I'm not against money at all. I really enjoy making money and all that. But the thing I've come to realise is I like to make money for doing something good or something that I'm proud of. When succession ends, I feel like we're now at a point where we're all sort of starting to feel the fear yeah. of the emptiness in our lives. What are you going to fill the entertainment hole with? I'll probably see more of my partner. Um, which is which is both comedic and dramatic Um, and yeah I I think the beauty of where we are at the moment is we've got access to so much entertainment man there's so many things that end up filling that gap there's a show that's my current favorite show in the world Babylon Berlin I don't know if you're familiar with it at all. It's had three seasons and they're making the fourth at the moment. By the end of the first season, I was like, I think this might be the best thing of all time. Um, Yeah, it's really good. To the extent... You see the look on our faces then between... Like, like we have something to live for! To the extent that outside of my acting agents, I hit up the casting directors of it saying, look, it's all set in Germany during the war. At some point, you're going to meet English people. If you do... (laughs) I'm your guy. Come and, you know, hit me up. That's my level of obsession. Wow. Oh, this is wonderful. All right, Pip. So uh, before we let you go, we're going to usher you into um, the vote on who should be the next CEO of Waystar Royco. Now, you can, of course, uh, pick from from anybody we've seen on the show. I don't think we can go outside the succession universe here. But if, if, if it were up to you, who would you cast your vote for? Obviously, the right choice is Shiv. Shiv is clearly the one who's actually the most qualified, would do a good job. Um, Roman would probably be my choice because of the the fun of it and the just the potential mayhem. And again, in reality, it's a big enough company that he wouldn't be allowed to do that much damage. I mean, 
we've seen that by the fact that the world's still in existence and Trump had his time. We've seen that there's there's things in place. There'll be a lot of damage, but it's limited. But I've got a weird feeling that some, I don't, and I don't know how, somehow it's going to end up being Greg. And is he your personal choice? No, he's not my personal choice. I think I'll go with Roman just for mm. just my own <laughs> amusement and entertainment. I don't know why I love him, but I do. Pip, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute p- p- pleasure. So good to have Pip on the podcast. Oh, uh- first name basis. Pip? <laughs> oh my God, that was horrific. Th- thanks, Pip. Oh my God. I'm okay, okay, for you. okay. And um, I-, I was going to recommend his podcast, Distraction Pieces. It's excellent. That's someone who really knows how to do an interview. Yeah, he's, he's a more great than I can say for conversationalist. Um, before we are done here, Sarah, mm-hmm. do you want to give us your favorite quotes and turns of phrase from this week's episode? You know that I do. Microdosing and tweeting about angels. I feel like I'm taking a shit in the Guggenheim, y'all. Sock puppet girl boss president. No one on Rhea wants to come to Italy and sit on your ricotta dick. Slime badger. Let him kill her for her emeralds. He was a real full fat pope. Complete pope. Very religious. Don't open Pandora's box. There's just more dicks in there. I hear you're big in the old silvery gulags. A grasp of scholarship boy. Macaroni and memorial services. Does Comfrey not sate your lust for wisdom, Greg? It's such a shame Sontag's not still alive. You could take her to the drive-thru. Scary Poppins is on maneuvers. <laughs> the venti ayahuasca big gulp. The happiest man slash most bulletproof candidate. Gummy love bright from the fucking toddlers. Lord fucking sniffer pantyhose. I'll have the carbonara and daddy, please. I might try to fuck him. See how that fits into our disgusting mess online brand ambassador for a fermented yogurt drink it's a fucking drink we forgot that detail i'm already so stressed i'm jerking dust twitter panty flasher a big baby who shits for clicks because i can win any bout with a boxer fuck but i don't know how to knock out a clown you're my fucking onion you're my fucking onion Jeff, you're my fucking onion. You're my fucking onion. Maybe my mom is my fucking onion. Yeah, that's right. Those last two, the onion and the boxer. I think thing. that like so much of life is in those two lines. The writing in the show. Um, we'll be back on Friday with Friday Sprinkles. We're giving you somewhere to put all your excitement and anticipation as we find of out the series if he finale. Did he is, survive? You know, how are we gonna? How, how are we gonna survive? The wait until the next episode. I know how we're going to survive. We're going to distract ourselves by getting our live show together, aren't we? And we'd love you to be there. And email us if you want to put your succession feelings somewhere for the email address. Fuck off! At firecrotchandnormcore.com. Some questions I have. Now that Shiv has had her, her sexy fun by being emotionally brutal in her pillow talk, will we get to see Tom with his love beads dressed as a fireman? I'm not feeling hopeful. If Connor has given up on his Napoleonic History podcast, I think perhaps the way to go for him would be a podcast about popes he has known 
Oh, yes. Popes I have known. And do you think the producers of Succession will be able to rush out a spin-off book in time for Christmas of the skunk, the porcupine and the concubine? Oh, my God. I fucking hope they do. I am trying to swear less. It's going so bad. It's going really badly. (laughs) All right, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you so much for coming to our little house. It's been so nice having you. Bye-bye. Get out. Don't overstay. And we'll see you on Friday when shit gets real sprinkly. 